With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. We are continuing our celebration of Pride Month. And this episode we, is a very special one. We are going to be talking to three people who it is their first time on the podcast. So I'm very excited about that. And we're going to be talking about um, a local comic book store, Mile High Comics. And then we're also going to be talking about their all-ages drag show and the creation of Parasol Patrol. So we're going to be getting into all of that. Um, but before we do that, I want to, again, bring up a few things that we're going to be doing um, around Black Lives Matter. We're going to be trying to, we're still working on organizing a silent auction um, to raise money. We are also recently, we are going to be starting contributions. So you can be a monthly contributor to our podcast, monthly donations, um, anywhere from 99 cents to 9.99. You can do that through the Anchor app. There will be a link in the show notes. Um, and any money we make off of that from now until September 1st, we are going to be donating to Black Lives Matter organizations. And like I said, we are trying to donate to um, organizations that maybe aren't getting as much money. We will, of course, also, um, I think bail funds is a really, really good, anything that helps with bail is a really good organization to start with as well. And then Black Trans organizations, because um, as I said on one of our previous episodes, um, a lot of that is getting drowned out. So we have to make sure that we try and get funds across many, many different organizations. Um, so we are working on that. And then um, we are going to be having merchandise coming out soon. We have a great logo that Brooke, who was on our Will and Grace episode, designed for us. So I really love it. And we have Sarah. Um, who's been on the program quite a few times, not Sarah Alder, but the other Sarah, she is going to be also designing that um, the merchandise for us. So that'll be very exciting. So look out for that too. And uh, proceeds from that will also be going, uh, will also be donated as well. Okay. So now let's get into everyone going around and introducing themselves before we get into the episode. So I'm going to start with Angela. And Angela, if you want to introduce yourself and tell me one thing in pop culture that you're excited about right now. Hi, so like Aaron said, my name is Angela, um, cloud native, um, I am actually a, um, I'm a big fan of DC, um, and right now I'm, I'm very excited for the new Wonder Woman, it's already been announced that it's gonna be pushed out again, but that's totally fine, like, I'm just really super excited about it regardless, so that's what I'm excited about right now, so, yeah. Cool, and so it got pushed out again. I didn't hear that. So is it when it is was, it? It it looks like it's going to be on October okay. of this year. So, um, not you know until next year, but 
looks like it's yeah so it's, it will be in october this year so I'll, i mean it's a little bit of a sad news but anything i hear about just wonder woman regardless it's just like it's, i'm still excited about it so yeah but, i'm very excited for that one too yeah yeah cool and then eli do you want to introduce yourself yeah my name is eli bazan i'm the co-founder of the parasol patrol um something i've been way too much tv time obviously being stuck in the house right now uh i have been through the entire star wars saga front to back and most of the extras so yeah wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot we can watch right now yeah it's too much time inside <laughs> yes there is yep and then pasha if you want to introduce yourself Sure, I'm Pasha. I'm the other co-founder of Parasol Patrol. And what I've been excited about, honestly, is um, he mentioned Star Wars, of course. You've got to understand some of his, a lot of his tattoos are Star Wars. I mean, he is (laughs) a Star Wars nut. Uh, So one of the things I've taken great delight in doing is rediscovering some of my old favorites because I'm expanding his nerd repertoire, his library of nerdiness, uh, so that I can make him as dorky as I am. So I've made him sit, watch, of course, all of Firefly. Um, let's see. Uh, he's, he's been trying to get me in on Tanya's obsession with Winona Earp. <laughs> I, I have to say I am an Earper. Yep, that's it. That is true. So, um, so yeah, that's that's. Um, I still haven't gotten him yet into Battlestar Galactica and Doctor Who, but I am kind of the obscure nerd queen. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. cool. Yeah, and we're going to be doing a Firefly episode um, coming up in November around Thanksgiving time. So we will be doing that one as well. And I do have Winona Earp on my list of future ones. Because, yes, Tanya has mentioned that before on the podcast. So. Yeah, probably oh, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She does love that show. <laughs> I have to check that one out. I have not watched it yet. So I have to check that one out. And this is Aaron. And what I'm into is completely and totally cheesy, but um, it's been nice as a sort of a, a respite from everything. I have been catching up on days of our lives again. I am a soap addict and have been my whole life. And I hadn't watched days for a while. And then I just decided, okay, I'm going to catch up. On it. So I've been watching that. Um, so that's been interesting. It's It's funny because you can leave that show for... A few years and come back and it takes you literally like two episodes to catch up and know what's going on. <laughs> that's the thing about soaps. So, yeah, so that's what I'm into. Not, you know, high level entertainment or anything, but it's a nice distraction. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the episode here. Let's talk about Mile High Comics. Um, and I will be honest, I really was not too familiar with Mile High Comics um, oh. before we're talking to you so I I mean I had heard the name but I've never been there before um and I know Angela you you go there a lot right I do though so I start going there when I was in uh actually the uh, freshman of college um and you know oh we were just um I was a part of like the you know university LGBTQ club and so just you know taking them to the comic store mm-hmm. and it was just like so important you know it, it was probably one of the I don't know if 
I think it was told it was like one of the biggest comic in USA. I don't know if that's yeah, right. It is. Okay. That's what I figured. It is it's basically like a big warehouse. It's just, you know, just it, it makes you overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> and it still makes me overwhelmed even when I go back though. But it's just really, you know, important, you know, um I think Pasha, I think you know more of Charlie's more than I do. I only know him once, but I know that, you know, Mile High's comics like is very LGBTQ friendly. Um, to me, it's just very important to have like a LGBTQ uh, identified staff because you know, like they're probably the best and simply way to have a great you know LGBTQ sections. Um, and so they're and they're passionate about everything. So I just it makes me feel safe to to you know just go into a comic store knowing that you know like people. And they're under, you know, understood us. And it's just, I just, I'm just really passionate about that store. So. Yeah, because a little bit of history there. Um, and then if anyone wants to jump in, if I have anything incorrect or anything. Um, Chuck, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing his last name incorrectly. Is it Rosansky? Is that correct? Yeah, yep. that's it. Okay, awesome. Um, so in 1977, it looks like uh, Mile High Comics consisted of three locations. Um, the first store was opened actually in Boulder in 1974. Um, and then it looks like by 1983, they opened the first comics mega store in Denver, which was 11,000 square feet. So, yeah, so that's pretty huge. <laughs> that's a lot. Like you said, Angela, you can get lost in there, it sounds like. So. Um, but they eventually expanded to eight stores and grew to become one of the most successful comic specialty shops in the United States, um, which is pretty, pretty incredible. And I guess one of uh, the employees, David Vinson, was actually hired by DC Comics in 1994 as a manager of distributor relations. So, um, but I guess in July 2014, it was announced that Mile High Comics would likely end its four-decade-long history of appearances at the San Diego Comic-Con. I guess they did appear there. Is that <laughs> oh, true? No. Well, no? No. well <laughs> last year, last year I was supposed, I was, uh, I do a lot of panels for Comic-Cons. So we were in San Diego last year. It was my first time to San Diego. I dragged Eli with me. And uh, Chuck did a few panels, uh, okay. but he did not, but Mile High Comics did not have a storefront. He, they did not have a booth. Okay. And yeah. And, and, and that was the debut of Betty Pages at a Comic-Con. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. And we'll definitely get into that. So yeah. And, and I know that um, as of 2019, uh, they have one remaining physical location, which is the one on Jason Street, which is the mega store in Denver. Yeah, just to wrap your head around the size of it, um, there are there are 10 million physical comics in that shop. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. So it's like you could spend a whole day. It's just insane. It's And, and, and that doesn't take into account um, all the statues he has in there, all the, the Star Wars memorabilia he has for sale. Um, I mean, that's just... Just wrap Ooh. your head around the fact there's 10 million comics in that one shop. And it is the the uh, the biggest comic story in America, yeah. And and now, of course, he's added the stage, and he's had a huge space open because he does a lot of charity uh, gaming tournaments, uh, cards, and, and other type of gaming tournaments. And now, of course, the stage for the shows. 
Yeah. Wow. That's, that's incredible. I should go. I mean, I feel really like weird that I haven't been there <laughs> since I was born and raised in Colorado too. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty incredible that I haven't been there. Um, yeah. yeah. And is there anything, um, Eli and Pasha that you want to add about just, just the store in general, maybe if it has any special memories for you guys as well, or. Well, I mean, Eli has known Chuck personally longer than I have, but I think I'm because of when he moved here, I think I had been going to Mile High Comics uh, before Eli had just, yeah, but, but so, you know, I had the experiences of taking kids there, my son there, and uh, just being a a comic book nerd. And then when I (laughs) first got to meet Charles, I was, you know, I have to admit that's that's that was the real reason I liked Eli at the beginning is just so that he could get me to meet Charles. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I was I was I was uh, pretty pretty uh, fangirled out, and now he's just like a buddy. It's it, he's he's a great guy. He really is. I mean, like a genuinely nice guy. And I actually met uh, I actually met Charles through volunteering uh, in Denver. Um, and knew him very well before. I mean, I, of course, I knew that he owned Mile High Comics, but um, so I, I kind of knew Charles out. I knew him kind of outside of Mile High Comics. Um, so it, it's really cool to kind of see him in his element, um, especially uh, down at Comic Con in San Diego when he was saying oh, his yeah. words about it. It was uh, it was it was great to see him in his element. I mean, he he yeah. is he's a really big deal in the comic book industry. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's a mm-hmm. he's a legend. Yeah, while we were there, I think there were at just at San Diego, there were two documentary crews that kind of followed him around. And when when we would see him, you know, outside and just go out to dinner and stuff like that, he's just he's Chuck and just so non-assuming and pretty much what you see is what you get. I mean, honestly, he he doesn't uh, the way he speaks in interviews is the way he speaks to you in person. So yeah, and. He- he looks like he's just very um, warm and inviting. I was going to say it's very important to have, you know, someone warm, inviting to own like a comic shop there because, you know, it makes sense because when I first time I come there, it I can feel that was that a trend where the people call these say the vibe. It's it, it's a good vibe. So. Um, it, I, I can, you know, like I, it, it totally makes sense. Yeah. He, and, and as Eli said, they met through charity work. Uh, Charles has always done a lot of really amazing charity work. Uh, and I don't want to usurp and tell his story for him. That's his story to tell, but his whole history of his life is just so fascinating and, and, uh, the why why he's so committed to charity work is is an amazing story. So maybe we can talk him into coming on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was thinking that actually. <laughs> like sometime got to get him on here. Yeah, because reading up on him, it's 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 really incredible. So I just I urge everyone to go out there and seek him out too. Um, and also just read, reading up on Mile High Comics is pretty yeah. incredible. So I was going to say, just hanging out at Mile High Comics, you run into. Who was just out there? Don Cheadle was just out there Don before. Cheadle, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is always there. Kevin Smith might as well just have a bedroom there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they even that. have they even have their store cats. 
So <laughs> they do. Oh, yeah. I don't remember like the name though, but they you will see one of the cats just like wandering around in this door and it's just you know, so it's it's adorable. <laughs> yeah. All I remember is that Kitty has a new uh notch in his ear last show that we went to and I was like, Oh but yeah. There yeah, because right now I think there's just the one kitty. Yeah. Just the one cat right now. And and he does. He just kind of goes wherever he wants to go, wanders around, does his thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Door cat. So that's welcoming, too, honestly, if you've got animals around, I think, personally. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that cracks me up when we see the cat laying in a bin with a bunch of stuffed animals. That, that <laughs> well, let's get into... And this also led to the creation of Parasol Patrol. Let's get into the creation of the All Ages Drag Show, um, which was which Chuck created. Um, do you guys want to speak on that? I don't know. Angela, do you have anything you want to say about the All Ages Drag Show? We'll just kind of go around. I I feel like Pasha and Ellie probably okay. know more. I was only there for only like um, two hours because my friend was like, you know, urging me to go and. And you know, it was a, one of the, I cannot remember where the drag show it was, but I just, honestly, I am really impressed to be like, just because when I went to there in college, it was like probably in 2011, you know, just how everything has changed to, you know, gain, you know, the first time I, you know, go there to drag show, it was just like, I just felt more like even more comfortable, more like proud and more just happy that, you know, my high comic has gone through like a long way to, you know, get to this point. So um, it was just, it just, it was just incredible in fan. And so even though I was there for only two hours, but it was just, it was just, you know, it, it was a magic feeling. So, but I've, you know, um, I just, that's just my thoughts on that. No, that's great. No, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, so Eli, what are your, um, thoughts on it? Your overall thoughts, if you guys want to add anything about the history of it, cause I know it was, um, created to create a safe space for kids, for transgender and gender questioning kids. Um, so if you guys want to add anything, um, to that, to the history or just your thoughts on the shows in general. Yeah. So Eli. it started out, um, started out in talks back in about January, 2019, um, Charles, um, was in talks with uh, with Miss Jessica, um, yeah. and and uh, Miss Jessica had an idea about a show, and Charles had a great place, and they worked together and did a lot of hard work behind the scenes to make this happen. Um, and the first show was in March, um, so yeah, it, so I think the, the talk started about January two thousand nineteen. Yeah, Miss Jessica organizes the kids and organizes the shows. She's the producer, the MC. Uh, and an amazing personality and um, kind of a local legend. <laughs> and uh, like I said, I want to tell Charles' story. He identifies as gender fluid and, uh, you know, now performs as Betty Pages. And, and uh, I think that a lot of people uh, as adults, think about when they were kids and what they knew about themselves when they were kids, but they were not free to be themselves. Yeah. It was safe for them to be themselves. And so um, 
a lot of adults now are making safe spaces for kids to be able to explore all kinds of different aspects of their life. Um, because a lot of the kids there don't even do cross gender drag at all. So a lot of us cost a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I mean, just going off of that a little bit, uh, you know, there's also, you know, the drag queen story hours that they'll do at libraries and stuff for, for kids. And um, I know it's a little bit different, but I'm just, but it's just, I think that's also creating that safe space. Um, having those story hours, um, you know, a friend was bringing that up to me today. So, yeah, it, it, it's great to have those safe spaces and it. It's great to let the kids know that there's somewhere th that they can go and, and, and simply be themselves. And like Angela was saying um, about Mile High Comics, about it being a very welcoming uh, space, uh, it, it, it truly is. And he, Charles has gone far, far and above out of his way. Yeah. I mean, every, every flag that our community flies, he has up on the wall behind that stage. Um, and he's going out of his way to do that. And he's, he, he's done all of this um, out of the kindness of his heart, quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, he's, he pays out of, you know, he, he pays out of pocket for, for all these shows to happen. And he donates at every show to the White Rose Foundation. He does. And those flags stay up all the time, not just for the shows. So anytime a customer goes in there, um, that's what they see almost right away. Um, first, I see the giant case of collectibles that everybody just drools over. Yes, <laughs> yes. That, you know. <laughs> so, um, but the first show... He was already getting, he, he put out online that he was going to do the show and he was already getting hate mail online. Mm -hmm. And so Eli is a Marine veteran and. Um, so I started doing some snooping online um, and just seeing some of the comments that were being posted up about, you know, uh, you know, how dare you? And just, of course, you can imagine what was being said. Um, and to kind of take a step back, I mean, this affected Charles quite a bit. I mean, he lost a good chunk of business. Yeah. Um, he, he's, he's taken a lot of heat from the community, for the comic book community, from, um, from everybody. Um, and he has stood his ground um, very admirably, in, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first show, I actually had uh, – I actually had had – a spinal surgery. And so I was recovering oh. and I was half delirious on pain meds going, I have to go. I have to go to the show. And my kids were just like, you know, they wouldn't let me go. So Eli was sending me pictures and videos from the show. And that first time, what was that like? Yes. Yeah, so, so the very first, um, all ages drag show was back in March. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I didn't quite know what to expect. Um, but I knew I didn't want kids to face um, these protesters. So it, it was an extremely crazy, snowy, freezing night. Um, and uh, there were about four protesters that came out. Um, they were wearing masks. Um, they had horrible signs. They were yelling at kids. Um, and I just kind of did my best to walk in between the kids and the protesters and get them inside as, as quietly and as safely as possible. Yeah, that's, yeah, and that's, and that's how you guys, and was that then Parasol Patrol, did that 
come off of that then? What, what made you guys decide to create that? Was it just because you saw the protesters or was it when the growth of the shows happened and then more protesters kept coming? You just went, you've got to keep protecting these kids and keeping it a safe environment. Yeah, well, at the first show, um, it was just me walking the kids in. Um, in the second month, I had a few parents um, that brought umbrellas. I'd asked them to bring some umbrellas and we started um, walking the kids and using the umbrellas. Um, and then the third show, um, Pasha had an idea to make an event. Um, so we went ahead and made an event page. Um, we didn't have a name or anything at that point. We were just trying to, to help out these kids. Um, and yeah. uh, we, we, well, one of the people had, had called us kind of in jest, and it just kind of stuck the parasol patrol because we were using the umbrellas. Uh, to walk the kids in and before the with the umbrellas also comes ear protection and I remember I did not understand what the heck Eli was doing when we went to the craft store to pick out stickers to put on the ear protection I was like what on what do you mean and then we went to that first show that I was able to go to it was the second show in general Mm -hmm. and it was just I don't want to give too much airtime to these guys, but we're talking legitimate, like neo-Nazi groups. I mean, like really scary guys. And they were had they were screaming at children and their families and their parents, just the most horrible, disgusting things. And it was pretty scary. I mean, if it's scary for us, it's gotta be super scary for the kids, but we put ear protection on them. And the umbrellas we use to kind of block the signs that they bring, uh, which are at the beginning were really a lot more vulgar than they have been lately. And the ear protection, so they the kids and their families won't have to hear, you know, they won't hear should, the kids won't hear what's being yelled at them so much. And uh, the parking lot was part of the problem was they had to walk from the parking lot to the front door. And so that's what we started doing was walking them back and forth so that, you know, and, and a reporter once asked me, what's, you know, what did the kids say when they get inside? Did they thank you? And I said, the highest compliment we can get is when the parents stop by later and they're like, our kids didn't even know there were protesters there. So um, that's wonderful. Cause that's, I mean, like you said, for kids to have to deal with that, they shouldn't have to, when they're already trying to seek out a safe space or if they already feel, you know, you know, it's hard enough being a kid. And if you're going to have to deal with that and deal with hatred like that, that, that makes it even harder, especially when you're going to something that should be an enjoyable time, something where you can be yourself, where you can feel accepted, where you can find like a home and a family, you know, extended family there. I mean, that's, that's pretty great that you guys are, that's pretty amazing to do that. I mean, to protect them. And especially, you know, I wouldn't even, have thought about you know umbrellas but that makes perfect sense because that is it's a port in the storm too is the way you could look at it too so it's Mm -hmm. such a protection and and to do that and um especially if they say they didn't even hear it if some of the kids say that that's that's pretty incredible so after we made the event page and everything that first time i wasn't sure what kind of response we would get i wasn't sure I posted it in two groups, one of our, you know, queer LGBTQIA plus community groups that we belong to and the Free Mom Hugs group. I grew up in Oklahoma. And so the people who started Free Mom Hugs 
just by bizarre coincidence, are family friends <laughs> of mine. And so I posted it in the Free Mom Hugs group and in one other community group. And we had, gosh. Over 100 people show up. Yeah. Yeah. And the protesters, like I said, it started out with three or four of them. And as our show numbers were growing, I mean, we had, you know, several hundred in attendance. Um, and our volunteers were steady, you know, it like, like, like the, the second event, uh, we had like six people. And then, of course, it blew up the third one. But um, it was just, what's that? There's a fourth one? But, um, yeah, the, the, the protesters' numbers kept doubling and more each time. And pretty soon it was just like a dozen of us and 40 of them. And so I was like, this is getting, we need to have more help. And so I, we did the Facebook group and, you know, just to show the community that wants to, they want to love these kids. They want to show these kids that, and I, I say this every time, interview, every interview, but I think it's the most important thing to, to get across is that we love these kids not in spite of who they are, but because of who they are. And when they're struggling, when they, they, they're having family issues or whatever, or people, peers tease them or whatever, it's not just other amazing, fabulous queens out there, but it's that, that love and support them. But it's, it's their neighbors, it's their teachers, it's their cop. Um, it's people in their neighborhood who they did not think um, would support them that are out there, not just supporting them, but also making sure that they're safe. Yeah, they're history teacher, they're soccer moms, uh uh I guess Eli I should say hockey moms, right? He's mm. he's the hockey <laughs> and, uh, you know, just people they would run into at the grocery store. And mm. so they know that they have more support out there than they may not even realize. Uh people that that you know that may even go to their church or whatever. They certainly come out and support these kids uh as much as we can. Uh, and and not just for Mile High Comics, but like you said, uh, drag queen story times, stuff like that. So, and just schools. <laughs> Sometimes groups will come out, like the Westboro Baptist Church, and uh, protest out just outside of a school because they have a GSA or or, or whatever. So, yeah. 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 So so then um, so then. Parasol Patrol grew then, right, in numbers then once you created the Facebook group. So now how many people would you say go out there to each show? Um, we actually had to cap. Yeah, we had oh, to start wow. numbers um, at 120 folks um, just because it was, it was simply becoming too hard to manage for one site. But, um, and that was more than enough people. So, yeah. Yeah. At the Lafayette Library and the Broomfield Library, they had two different drag queen story times. And uh, gosh, we had well over 200 volunteers come with their umbrellas and in inflatable unicorn costumes and (laughs) in (laughs) butterfly wings. We have this amazing trans volunteer and she is beautiful inside and out. And so uh, we, when she showed up, in these gorgeous, you know, six foot tall plus herself. And then these giant butterfly wings. I was like, now that's a beautiful, the perfect expression of the transformation that people can go through and, and how she didn't 
start even to start to transition until she was in her fifties. And, and those butterfly wings, it was just, it means a lot. It really does. And it means a lot to the kids. Yeah. But yeah. by far, um, our biggest turnout oh, to date, yeah. um, oh my gosh. was, uh, we were out in high point, North Carolina. Um, the Westboro Baptist church was targeting an elementary school. Um, and with one week's notice, uh, yeah, we were able to rally over 400 people in the community to come out there to support. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, the news said it was over 400 people, and 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 so I, I keep telling people, yeah, Colorado, we're progressive, we're supposed to be open-minded and liberal and stuff, but in North Carolina, if they can double our numbers and kind of kick our butt, then we need to get our acts in gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's incredible. That I mean, that it's grown and that it's not just here in Colorado, and it's it's not just at Mile High Comics, and it's just that that it's taken off like that is pretty. It's pretty incredible because, you know, I, th- I think for the kids, what that also shows is such hope for for themselves, such hope for the future. And and like you said, knowing like their neighbors are behind them and knowing, you know, maybe someone from their church is behind them and knowing that they have that support system so that they don't feel so alone. Because, you know, I know growing up, I had friends that felt so completely ostracized. You know, I mean, whether it was because they were goth or uh, because they were LGBTQ or something, they just felt so ostracized. And, you know, I had friends that were put into mental hospitals because of it and and, and, and all this stuff that, you know, if they had had that, if they had had that that connection and not just a few friends that stood behind them, I'm sure it would have made a, a world of difference in their lives to have that. So, well, I mentioned I grew up in Oklahoma and being myself growing up in Oklahoma in a full gospel Christian home uh it was just yeah I mean it's it's been and Eli grew up in a rural part of California it just you know just kind of your typical you know um central California small town um it, it was a farming town dairy town um just a, a very, just a very, uh, it was, it was very so white. It was a lot yeah. of white. Um, there was just, it was not, yeah. it, it just wasn't very diverse in any way at all. And Aaron, I don't mean to, I'm not going to assume anything, but I know that Angela's Asian. I'm Asian. Eli is uh, of Mexican descent. Yep. Elias Ramiro Bizan the third. And, uh, and so being a racial minority, being queer, being all these things and having no one to look to, no adults. I cannot think of a single adult my entire childhood that said any of these things was okay. And so we want to, you know, there's that cliche thing that's kind of a, a meme that, you know, be the adult that you wish you had had in your life when you were a kid. And so that's all we try to do. And, and then, that, yeah, go I was going to, sorry. <laughs> and that's why, you know, um, just, you know, as Patrick said, you know, being Asian and also being raised as Catholic, it's, it's very hard, you know, growing up was just super hard. Cause you know, I just grew up, you know, like my family my friends telling me that what I'm feeling is like wrong 
and I going to a comic store like Mile High and people like what Pasha and Eli is doing it's it means a lot you know like you know even if like um it just means a lot because you know they they work so hard to make sure that you know that they serve as a heaven for anyone who walks through the doors especially like any of the queer kids who comes in looking to find the stories that they'll help them you know better understand their own and it's just like if I you know reading a comic you know and going to a comic store you know with all just reading about any curious like you know LGBTQ stories it's just it helps me you know come to turn with my identities you know as a pansexual so it was just like it, it means a lot for you know what you know what Mile High's comics doing what Pasha and Eli's doing it's just so important you know to have this kind of like um movements so I'm sorry I'm a little bit deep so it's just so I'm sorry I'm like no, I'm not trying to push down no and, that's and great even stretches out from there like I said I do a lot of I speak at a lot of nerdy conventions and all you know and so we get to meet celebrities here and there and so we take an umbrella with us we tell them about what parasol patrol is about and then they'll pose with pictures for pictures with us with the umbrella and so we Gigi Edgley who uh is from Farscape um she uh she played uh Chiana uh she's she we actually like communicated with her for until the whole COVID thing for for quite a bit we we'd see her at a variety of different conventions um George Takei holy schmokes uh he of course didn't remember our names, but he did remember us after we had run into each other for a little while. Uh, Mark Shepard, who's been in everything. Um, gosh, who else? Oh gosh. I can't believe I forgot his name, but the one that was just in the Harry Potter. Um, oh gosh. The, the, uh, they call him no Madges here in the United States. I can't believe I forgot his name. The Baker. He's now on Walking Dead. Anyway, oh. we have the picture with him. Uh, we have, um, gosh, who else? Tons of people. Oh, one of my favorites, though, is Dragpool. Dragpool out of San Diego Comic-Con is amazing. He and his husband uh, are, one's a teacher, the other is a social worker, and Dragpool is just fantastic. We even met both of the creators of Deadpool. Yeah, and- I got to uh, when I got to meet uh, Rob Leopold. He, um, he on, on his autograph, he there's a a Deadpool poster, and it says Deadpool wants you to join the Parasol Patrol. Because oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's it's it, it was pretty cool. Yeah, and and then um. So then with these pictures, do you share these pictures a lot on your Facebook page? Like the pictures with the celebrities holding um, the umbrellas. Do, do you share that a lot? Like, do the kids know about that too? Like, does that you happen? know, it's, it's probably something we should do more of. Um, I mean, all the pictures are all on our, on our Facebook and all that. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, and hearing some of the stories from, from some of these people who have, um, who have queer people in their own family. So they've, they've, they've actually had those talks and, and, and they've, they've been through that. Um, and you really do realize that 
a lot of these big action stars and these big people that you see on screen that they're just people like us and, and they have real life experiences just like us. Yeah, because I, I can imagine if, if, as a kid, if you saw maybe that picture of, you know, somebody ca- carrying the umbrella and it might have been somebody that they looked up to, that that would have such an impact, you know, just thinking, oh, this person who is this big celebrity now or this big successful person or this person I look up to also supports me. So that's that would be another incredible thing for, for kids to see, I would think. so. The creator of Deadpool that Eli was talking about, um, his kid is a trans kid. And I remember at one point in time I was talking to Dave Batista. He plays Drac and, yeah. and um, you know, and uh, his he's half Asian. You know, and we were talking about that. His mom is um, a lesbian and just just all the weird little things that in our lives that kind of synced up a little bit. And he just he it was it was just it was an interesting conversation. And just the nicest guy just talk to everybody. And, you know, I know those things get so busy and, and they have to kind of move it along. But just really nice. Nice. You'd be surprised at the just really mostly. Not entirely, but most <laughs> people that you get to meet at these things. I, I, Eli, I got him finally to talk. I did New York City Comic Con last, and and I, I got him to to come and join one of the panels. It was on um, cons, cosplay, and consent. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we we have celebrities that talk about consent and about. You know, and it was important to me to have a guy on our panel. I know on almost all the the panels, I know that this podcast deals a lot with feminism as well. And uh, almost all of them are men. Uh, and so my panels, just because of who I am and who my friends are and the people that I know, are almost always all women. And for the especially one on consent, I wanted a male voice out there. And so... Poor Eli had to be that guy. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's so once you right now, I think is a really special time. This is with the black lives matter movement and everything. We are the parasol patrol was invited to participate with Sunday's pride slash Black Lives Matter March. Pride Liberation March. Yeah. And so, you know, all these things intersect. Mm -hmm. Our fandoms, our nerdiness, and it's an amazing time right now. And I know that people always say, oh, my generation's time, blah, 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 blah. But I really do think that this is a remarkable time. And I see so many of my different facets of my very strange multifaceted life kind of coming together um it's it's interesting it's it's definitely you know that parasol patrol started because of mile high comics and in a way and you know i think that it would have started you know thank thank goodness charles is so amazing if we're letting us kind of put our toe in the water there but uh and then we started getting calls from all across the country and then with conventions and explain, you know, the celebrity thing. And, and then, but most importantly, kind of this grassroots 
you know, doing the, the, the March this Sunday and especially being people of color and you were talking about um, trans, you know, uh, women and how that's kind of getting lost in the shuffle. I actually, I don't even know if, uh, kind of turned, gently turned down kind of uh, an invitation to speak. And because I wrote to somebody about um, uh, Malaysia Booker and China Lindsay in, uh, in Dallas to black trans women that were just killed within the last couple of weeks. And, you know, so it's, it's an interesting cross section of, <laughs> of, of things coming together right now in this time, in this place. And I, you know, I, I don't think that it's a time to be, I think it's a time when pop culture and fandom in general um, is taking on heavier stuff yeah. and deeper stuff. Celebrities are seeing some of them really asinine things, but yeah. <laughs> most of them really, I mean, John Boyega, we were talking about Star Wars. Uh, he's amazing. He's so awesome. Yeah, out in his, what he said, and then all of the studio execs supporting him for coming out and talking about that stuff. And then ties in with Star Wars, of course, because that's like the biggest, you know, nerd movie series, series ever. And then, you know, with him and, and Oscar Isaacs talking about how they almost wanted that to develop into a romance between the two of them. But, the you know, <laughs> um, I think all these things are, are coming together in a way that I never, ever would have imagined being a kid in Oklahoma, in Norman, Oklahoma, sitting there being a band nerd, an orchestra nerd, and, and you know, like I said, goth and ostracized by my peers and all these things that girls were not supposed to like science fiction and fantasy books and all this stuff and yeah this is this is so important for everybody and so I appreciate you having this show and addressing these issues in such a uh, direct way thank you well, thank you. No, thank you. Um, yeah, I think I've always been of the belief that if you have any kind of platform, that you should be using that platform to speak out on on issues. Um, that's why it always kills me when people get so angry and say, you know, don't don't include politics. You know, don't talk about politics. And it, it, it's so interesting to me, especially you know, like I'm a big horror fan. I'm a big fan of horror, and yeah. a, a lot of horror a lot of horror stuff that I follow, they, they've been speaking out a lot. And a lot of people are going, come on, I just want to stick to the horror. And I'm like, do you realize how political horror is? <laughs> I mean, you know, horror says stuff that other movies don't necessarily want to say or do. And they pop, push the envelope all the time. And, and I agree. It's really great to be able to see so many people right now speaking up and doing things. And, and I really hope it continues um, it feels different. This time feels different. It feels different than any time in my lifetime. And yeah, yeah. it just, it feels like things are, are changing and I'm, and I'm hoping that it just keeps going. The momentum keeps going. I think if we keep it up too, it'll, it'll help. And yeah, you just have to keep, keep going and keep fighting and speaking. So I think part of the reason so many facets of my life, quote unquote, are kind of coming together all these different interests 
is because people in general, no matter what their facet is, no matter what their fandom is, no matter what their obsession is, whether it's The Office or <laughs> CSI or Battlestar Galactica, you know, uh, everybody is being affected by this and everyone's coming together. And people that would not normally share their opinions, I see them sharing opinions and it's, and it's, and you know, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And it's hopeful, even though this time can feel very, very overwhelming and sad and depressing and all of that, especially with uh, COVID going on at the same time, you know, being in the middle of a pandemic, there is this little bit of hope out there, I think, you know, it's 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 definitely a, a very unique time. Um, we are smack dab in the middle of a pandemic. Um, people have, I think that's kind of kind of waned from people's um, forefront a little bit. Um, we are smack dab in the middle of a pandemic, um, and, and us as two immunocompromised folks um, don't get out of the house too much. But um, with this Pride Liberation March on Sunday, um, this is simply too big of too big of a moment to sit on the sidelines. Um, we just simply had to be there. Yeah, we, we had Eli and I both, like you said, are immune compromised, and so we weren't going to the marches, but we were doing things like arranging uh, cleanup the next morning and stuff like that. And so we would go and volunteer with that sort of thing, where we could be it would be easier to socially distance and everything. However, <laughs> sorry, I'm distracted. Our little puppy That's just okay. bit his toe. So that was just, oh. <laughs> um, but, um, but uh, yeah, when they specifically asked us to be there, um, yeah, I mean, what we had to weigh all our, all our choices and we're going to do the best we can to stay as safe as possible. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're there. We are there in force. So, yeah. Great. Um, and I know uh, Trevor Project helps you guys out a lot too, correct? You're yeah. involved with it as well or no? Um, so we had the privilege um, of actually meeting up with them. Um, we were out in uh, South Carolina um, helping out with a protest out there. Um, and we found out that the founder of, of the Trevor Project was just across town. Um, in this weird little podunk, not, I don't want to say podunk. In this little itty bitty South Carolina town. South Carolina He's town. from New York, we're from Colorado, and we're both in this small town in yeah. South Carolina. Um, so we, we shot over there. Um, we got to talk to him for a little bit. Um, as gracious and as amazing <laughs> guy as, as we've ever met. Um, and, uh, we've been trying to push their stuff as, as much as possible because I, I think they're an amazing organization doing great things. Yeah, of course. And they've, they've been, I mean, they're on the back, they've been on the back of our business cards and all of our materials because we think that it's, um, you know, I, I, you know, do you want to explain what the Trevor projects is? Um, it was, yeah, it's, yeah. no, go you for can, it. You can go ahead. Yeah. We started, um, as it well first it was a short film you know uh-huh. uh, hang on a second I'm looking for something real quick too I don't want to miss <laughs> I know that's what I was like I've got to make sure I should have pulled that up I had everything else pulled up that's the one thing I didn't pull up 
Yeah. But they but they but, support a lot of thousands of LGBTQ young people. And uh, and their goal is to prevent um James Lesney is uh the the guy who created it. Mm-hmm. And that's who we got to meet. Um and he uh he the whole goal of the Trevor Project is to curb suicides. Yeah. LGBTQIA plus youth have the highest statistically rated, um, you know, case instances of suicide uh, of, you know, all the teenage different populations kind of put together. And so the short film, the play that he wrote, and then the uh, short film uh, kind of caught on and, and they started doing these, doing a few little things and then celebrities decided to support them. And in the end, it's turned into this amazing, amazing, amazing program uh, that has saved. And I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say more than just thousands, countless lives. lives. Definitely. And so we're, we were so, we were so starstruck to meet him and he has the best hug. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds corny. <laughs> I'm serious. He hugs you with his whole person. And he's so, I mean, just, it's not an act. He's so genuine. And he really, truly, you know, cares about people, cares about kids. And that's what he does now. I'm trying to, that what I was trying to look up is his program that we were working with, that, that we're going to be working with him on. Now, because he's do, still doing Trevor Project, but he's doing, um, oh, shoot. Future First. Is that it? First yeah, Future? Yeah, to see. I don't remember. But anyway. Um, Great stuff. Yeah, he's, he's such an amazing person. And he surrounds himself with people. And for somebody who honestly has that type of celebrity, uh, yeah, it's a Future Perfect Project. I remember now. And he... So what he does is, is as big as, as kind of an icon as he is in the LGBTQIA plus community, uh, our family, he goes to these smaller towns and does workshops with small groups of teenagers and, you know, does it out of love and is just such an amazing person. He's one of the people that my, in my entire life, I think I'm going to be like, wow, I met him. We, we meet all these celebrities and stuff and cons and stuff. And I was just like, James, I was so excited. <laughs> yeah, well, nice. it is pretty. It, it is pretty incredible. I mean, they have, you know, they have text lines. They have live support all the time for people. So like you said, it's got to be, I was trying to see if they even had numbers of, I'm sure they don't have numbers of how many people they have saved, how many lives they've saved. But it's got to be thousands upon thousands upon thousands, you know, yeah. so. So yeah, to meet somebody who has done that and done so much good in the world and is is an incredible thing. I think that's I mean it's it's like meeting a celebrity, but it's I don't know, there's a different level to it, I think, when you meet it somebody. Is. Yeah. It's like meeting a celebrity who I don't know is not necessarily a religious leader or a spiritual leader, but somebody who has that depth of meaning to so many people. I was honestly fangirling out. I'll be honest. Yeah, he was. He, he was wiggling. He was all fangirling out. <laughs> it was adorable. Yeah, we we took the most 
ignorant photos. And we, and so they, and then after meeting us and chatting with us about Parasol Patrol, he's like, would you please do an interview for our podcast? And I look over, we must've had the same expressions on our faces. We were like, you <laughs> to do your podcast? We were like, why? <laughs> so that was, that was pretty crazy. And we, we look forward to working with them after we've had to table everything, of course, because of yeah. coronavirus. But uh, <laughs> we've been talking with, we, I had been talking with him and with um, the people who started Sarah and Parker from um, Parasol Patrol, I mean, Parasol, sorry, I got a little, uh, from Free Mom Hugs uh, to maybe, maybe even do a type of conference for youth you know there are already conferences out there like that but why not have one here you know i think it'd be a great thing anywhere so is that something you're looking for in the future to do that then yeah definitely and maybe i could even talk charles into letting us have a show at the comic book shop i had actually toyed with the idea of syncing it up with uh Denver Pop Culture Con and having a fundraiser for our different organizations together as a show and how amazing would it be for the and you know I'm thinking about fundraising blah 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 but my day my main thing is I'm thinking about oh my gosh because we know these drag kids now very well very very well and 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 all I can think of they would be so excited to do a show for these people <laughs> that's that that you know I mean it's I just think that would be great. And during COVID, we have other things that we're doing because we aren't out sheltering people as much. These kids shielding them. We have. Uh, we've been doing a kind of like everybody else. We've kind of had to, to change gears a little bit, and we're doing uh, Parasol Patrol supports kids. Um, every week, we uh, we pick a family from our people who have sent in. Um, and we build them a board and basket uh, custom for their kids to try to design a little bit for their age groups and, you know, what they like to do. Um, and we give a micro grant to the family. So that's kind of what we're doing right now. And Charles, uh, Mile High Comics donated boxes and boxes of comics. And this last one, of the last little girls we delivered to Eli's kind of understating. He wears this giant inflatable unicorn costume. And this, this little four-year-old girl comes out and she's like, oh, oh, and then she starts running in place, stomping her feet. And she goes, unicorn, and ran and, of course, hugged. And and social distancing is one thing, but I figure the inflatable costume maybe afforded yeah. a little bit of, a little bit of protection. And then, and then the mess, private message, the text message the mom sent me later was, oh, my gosh, you guys put comics in this. She loves comics. She's going crazy over the comics. And I was like, when I was young, if a girl liked comics, that was a bad thing. And that a four-year-old little girl even knows what comics are, I was flabbergasted. I was just so, yeah. So we, we do these micro grants. It started from, there's one of our drag kids who, who's been struggling. And we actually are getting ready to take her, some them some stuff pretty quick here. Uh, and we realize that there's so many families out there struggling financially and, you know, our nonprofit, Eli and I don't get paid. 
<laughs> we we, we want to eventually reach a point where we could actually do this full time. Well, we're already doing it full time, but actually, you know, um, and so, but right now, 100% of any, all of our donations that come in go right out to those micro grants and go right out directly to the families that we can support right now. And if, yeah. Wow, that's, you sorry, guys are, I'm not, no, I'm not you guys are to... like an inspiration. I mean, really, you guys are inspiring. Um, it's, it's, I mean, you guys should be so proud of the work you're doing because uh, we're just a couple of dorks, right, Angela? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, Angela. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't want to say anything. We're like, <laughs> for a very long time, for years now. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> so she knows I'm just a dork. I do things like speak at big stuff and whatever. And I think it's just because, you know, I'm a little on the spectrum and I have zero filter. So, <laughs> so I, Pasha is like, Pasha is like also like a great mom. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not, like, she's not my mom, but like, she's like my mom. It's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I I honestly believe what you guys are doing. You guys probably don't even realize the impact you're going to have, and you have had on people, and that's an impact that will last a whole lifetime. I mean, we've talked about the Trevor Project and and how that's saved so many lives, and and I think the work you guys are doing, what you're doing, will help save people. I know you might not think that, but I do I do truly believe that that it that it will. So I think it's pretty incredible and you guys should be incredibly proud of yourselves for doing that. So thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, is there anything else you guys want to add anything else about the future of parasol patrol or, or uh, mile high comics or um, the all I know they're on hold right now, but the all ages drag shows or anything like that, that any of you guys want to add? It is, it is, of course, on hold right now. Uh, My High Comics is open back up with uh, social distancing being very strictly enforced. Um, Which is easy to do in that building. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's absolutely huge. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> um, but uh, we're working on getting things back going again as soon as it's safe. Great. Great, wonderful. Well, do you want to add anything, Angela? Anything about the, the impact, the lasting impact, or anything else you want to add? Um, no, I mean, I, I feel like, uh, Pasha and Eli have basically just say everything I wanted to say. I mean, comics and pop culture and everything has such a profound effect on, you know, people that, that we are able to use the the community as a way by which to make our world a better place. And, you know, I met Angela through a nerd group and uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing how uh, small the world can feel right now and how big it can feel all at the same time. So. Exactly. Yeah. And fandom is such a, powerful powerful thing we've spoken about it before in a few other episodes of how you can really find your family through it you can find um people who understand you and know you and don't 
you know, look down on you because you're geeking out about something. Um, instead, they embrace that and understand how important that is and uh, the impact it can have on your life and make you feel like you belong. So I think that's that's the power of fandom and the power of good media. And, you know, it's 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 pretty incredible. So. And I really did, you know, really did mean when I said uh, Pasha is like basically like a mom to me, just growing up, you know, like my Asian, you know, mom, like, like, she, you know, she wasn't fond of me just being pansexual. So just mean people like Pasha and Eli and you and just anyone in fandom, it just makes me feel like I was actually home. And I'm not saying that my family, like, we all know families are dramas, <laughs> but it was just like another part of families here that just make me feel so, you know, me and welcoming. I just, you know, I'm just so glad, you know, in, that, you know, you host this broadcast, you know, me more people and I just, you know, I really appreciate just, you know, so thank you. Yeah. Love wins. That's our hashtag. Love wins. Exactly. Well, thank you. Thank you guys so much um, for being on here and you guys are going to be on another one next week too, but thank you guys so much. Um, And we'll just close out with just everyone going around saying where you can be found on social media. If you have anything you want to plug at all, um, feel free to do that now. So we'll start with you, Angela. Uh, So uh, uh, I probably can find me on Facebook or Instagrams. But for Instagrams, it will be just, you know, T-O dot K-H-O-N-G. For Instagrams, I do a lot of, like, cake business. So um, I don't really know how that will, would be anything. But that's what I'm doing or trying to figure out what I'm doing right now. So, but, yeah. Something like cake. It, it crosses all borders of all exactly. things. <laughs> exactly. And they're beautiful, beautiful cakes. They are absolutely amazing. I am in the process of trying to get my business going this year. I'm trying to get all, you know, find some marketing friends and get this website going. Um, I'm a little bit afraid because like my parents doesn't know about this yet. My dad was was a baker for 30 years um, and he wanted to do a cake business for a while. So I thought it would be time that I should probably not try to not do so much of my healthcare job right now and trying to like do what I really want to do. So, but you know, if someone's listening, don't tell my parents about it. And then Eli. Yes. Um, our website is www.parasolvesroll.org. Um, we've got all of our, our, all of our donation links and our merch from bonfires all on there. Um, and again, all of our uh, proceeds right now, all of our donations go toward go to fund our board and baskets and our micro, uh, micro grants. Wonderful. Yeah. And I will link to that in the show notes as well. So Thank there you. will be a link. You're welcome. And then Pasha. Um, well, social media, we're, uh, we, we would love to have a new social media volunteer since you said we could plug stuff, uh, <laughs> because there's so much to do. I mean, it's, it's Eli and me and boy, it would be great to have a social media person. And for that, we need a grant writer so that we can pay people <laughs> what they're worth. Um, I'm a big fan of paying people what they should be paid. Uh, but other than a social media person <laughs> and a grant writer, um, 
you know, of course we're on Facebook. That's usually, that's our biggest, as far as social media goes, contact. And it's just Parasol Patrol on um, Facebook. We have an Instagram that we have stuck our toe into and then ran away, probably yelling. And Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> Twitter as well. Uh, you got to understand, Eli and I are old. We're not like Angela. When she said a mom, she was not kidding. I'm I'm mom age for most most of your listeners probably. Uh, and we also have on the website we have the application for those micro grants. So if you know anyone right now in need, I know it's a hundred bucks is not a lot of money, but having been a single mother of a special needs kid you know, a hundred bucks is, is, can be righteous cash, man, <laughs> especially right about now and, uh, the baskets and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, yeah. The website. That's us. Great. great. Wonderful. Yeah. And like I said, that will be in the show notes for sure. Um, great. Well, and, and I understand the Instagram thing. I have three Instagram accounts, one for the show, one for my dog, and then one for me. And I still don't understand Instagram, yet I still have three accounts, <laughs> but it still confuses me so much. So I understand that. <laughs> and I was, and I was also, I was raised by a single mom. So I, yeah, a hundred dollars can mean a lot. So that's great. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April beauty, the E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. And if you have any feedback, any show notes, um, anything you want to add, um, any show ideas, what, whatsoever feel free to email us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com and next week we are going to be finishing out our celebration of pride month with two episodes again uh, we're going to be talking about the show sense eight so that'll be a lot of fun um, and then we are going to be closing out with a discussion about representation in film and the future of representation and eli pasha and angela will be back for that one as well um, and Sarah Alder will be on that one too. So that'll be a lot of fun. So until next time, remember it's a fandom thing and black lives matter. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.